Hello and welcome to the third episode of the Bucket List Gamers downloadable content. Today we are going to be talking about Facebook gaming. This was quite a big thing in the, I want to say, late 2000s and early 2010s and then it just dropped off the face of the earth and and you'll see mostly quizzes and that kind of thing these days. Back in the day there was a, a thriving gaming scene on Facebook and we've got our first ever Bucket List Gamers guest. So I'm really pleased to uh, welcome Giorgio to the podcast who is a developer on a game called Mouse Hunt by HitGrab and this was one that I started playing on Facebook quite a while ago and I've got a lot of fondness for so when we decided to do this episode, I reached out to ask if he'd come on and have a little chat with us about it, and thankfully he said yes. So I am also joined by Eddie, by the way. I've done it again and forgot to introduce him. So Eddie's here as well. I am indeed. Hello there. And uh, we've also got Giorgio. So yeah, thanks for coming on. Absolutely. My pleasure. Uh, thanks for having me, Jay and Eddie. So yeah, Facebook gaming was a, a thing for a while. Uh, I think the yeah. one that everyone will remember is Farmville, because that was the one that for sure. just went absolutely crazy on there and i i still what 10 years later can't figure out why because it wasn't even a game really it was sort of a place your assets on this empty farm and earn more assets and that was it wasn't it there wasn't anything to it really so it sort of scratched uh an itch there for people who love to like check things you know like uh uh, organizing their farm and, and coming back and seeing what happened. It's uh, it's an interesting, they, they figured something out there for sure. I think they went with a sort of like a Pokemon cardy thing, wasn't it? Of you want to collect everything. So you want to get, you've already got 10 different colored horses, but we've just released a pink one. So you want to try and get that one as well. And it was definitely a collect-a-thon type of thing that drew people in. Certainly. I know I played it. I played it for a couple of years, but I I look back now and I think, God, it was it didn't even play well. It was really glitchy and it used to take ages to load up. And when you compare that to what you guys do, uh, well, did and do with Mouse Hunt, it's worlds apart. So for me, what you guys do is is obviously far better. Uh, and it is it's an actual game with strategy and and things like that. So for people that aren't familiar with Mouse Hunt, do you just want to give a a little rundown of how it plays? I mean, I know there's loads to it, but the very basics. Yeah, sure. I mean, it started off as as that too a collectathon. We were fans of uh, of Pokemon Two growing up, and then uh, but also RuneScape and Ultima Online, and we sort of drew a lot of inspiration from those games of how to sort of play a game without really playing a game and you know you come in and you kind of check on it once in a while so the idea of uh, mouse hunt and you know having these traps worked with that well because in like in real life you lay the traps you come back later you take a look and that kind of happened because we weren't game developers at the time right we didn't really have any experience with any of that and we thought you know what about just this sort of static asynchronous little mechanic and it was really bare bones at first there were no areas there was just you you click the horn and in fact sorry there wasn't even a horn at the time uh the game played itself you know every yeah. hour it would automatically get everyone and say here's the mouse you may have caught or not right uh yeah so essentially though it was like a light rpg you know you'd get your trap and a base you'd assemble this uh mouse trap on your screen you'd arm it with some cheese and as you count mice, they were worth gold and points. The king of Narnia, as we called it, uh, and still do, would reward you for capturing these mice infesting his kingdom. And you use that gold to upgrade your equipment, just like any any RPG, really. Uh, again, born out of that sort of love we had for that, that type of game uh, growing up and the, the older uh, Elder Scrolls and all that, of course. And, and then over the years, it just exploded. We had no idea. I remember 
at the time, the, the one of the co-owners of the company uh, had the idea to sell cheese. And we're like, what, what do you mean sell cheese? Like, well, who's going to buy, <laughs> who's going to pay for a digital cheese, right? And that was before microtransactions even were a thing. And, you know, smartphones weren't even a thing back then. Yeah. Um, and so we just kind of, and we were surprised that it worked. Uh, and then for years, and then years, you know, we've, the company has grown. We've had countless releases. Now we're over up to over 1200 mice now in the game, I think. And, and some of the areas are pretty complex and there's mechanics and strategies, like you were saying, and a lot more to do, but it's, I think we, we kept the sort of core of it, of just like it, you still have to take it easy. There's no way to really fly through it. And that sort of, that sense of the incremental game now has, has also become really popular, uh, is sort of where Mouse Hunt lands within that sort of uh, genre. I remember it being, it was one of those where it was equal parts frustration and you wanted to carry on, you know, if you didn't get the mouse that you were you were hoping for. So every 15 minutes, you were either over the moon because you caught something you wanted or it was, oh, I didn't get what I wanted, but I'm just going to go again. And it, it just kept you coming back. I know you just said there, it was like you launched it before smartphones were a thing. Yeah. And I remember going out and one of the reasons I bought the phone that I did was because I could get on Facebook and then get on mouse on, on it. Nice. So it, it literally influenced me into buying this particular phone over sure. like an older flip phone or something because it was such a big yeah, part yeah. of I was planning my life around 15 minutes yep. while I was playing that game. So it was what can I get done in the next 15 minutes? <laughs> before I have to go back on and, and trigger it again. And I think a lot of people played it in the same way. And then you introduced... We heard some... Oh, go on, sorry. We heard some funny stories of people, and it may be funny, but not so healthy, you know, of them like <laughs> staying up all night and setting an alarm and waking up every 15 minutes. And we were like, please, please don't do that. Like, we want you to sleep and have your rest. We did do something along those lines. When you first introduced tournaments... Yeah, okay. We, we did something like that. And I think we this is always something that I hold in high regard. I think on the very first ever tournament you did, the very first time the scoreboard refreshed, we were top of it, our team. And we, we didn't win the tournament in the end, but the very first ever mouse on tournament scoreboard, we were the top okay, team. Okay, wow. So I was like, I was dining out on that for absolutely ages. Of course. But yeah, the people in our team weren't as dedicated as us. And by that, I mean that they had jobs and stuff. Whereas we at the time didn't, sure. so we we could stay up all night playing it. Whereas they were like, no, we really need to sleep and go to work tomorrow. It was one of those things that did take over our lives a little bit for a while, and it all started because we saw the advert on Facebook of how you could win actual money. You know, if you caught the leprechaun, I think it was, wasn't it, in the early days? Yeah. So we were like, oh, play a game and potentially win a little bit of money. Never did catch a leprechaun, but it, yeah, it got us into this game, which it, which ended up with us making real life friends, which we've been to visit and stay with in America. And it's just crazy to think that all that came from this fun little game that you guys put together that is still going so strongly now. Yeah, it's wild. Uh, like we we're still kind of surprised by the stories that were told. And even we've even had mouse hunters visit us at the office, drop in, uh, you know, they're in the area and they're visiting yeah. other mouse hunters and they'll come to the office and we go out for a drink afterwards. Like uh, we've heard stories of people uh, meeting, you know, their their future wife or husband, you know, they get married and then they have kids. And then those kids now are playing mouse hunt. And like, I remember meeting, it was the 10th year uh, anniversary where it was 120 people from around the world really went to the London meetup. Um, and I met this young boy there with his father who, who now was playing mouse hunt. 
Uh, but when they when he started playing, the, he was a baby. He had this newborn child and he's playing mm-hmm. mouse hunt. And now years later, it's like part of their family in a sense, you know, and it's it uh, still really surprises and, and humbles me to to learn stories like that. No, that is amazing. Did you start it on Facebook? Did it start out as a Facebook game? Yeah. So like when Facebook, uh, you know, so before HitGrab was even doing games, we were working sort of business to business. We were like doing website solutions for other companies. Mm. And and then Facebook opened up their platform to allow us to build on it, you know, build like an integrated uh, website or experience within yeah. the profiles. I don't know if you remember, I mean, the site's gone, uh, undergone countless UI changes, but in the early days, Facebook had these profile tabs. So on your yeah. profile, you can have your graffiti wall, you could have your your, you know, mob wars, uh, you know, status, so that kind of stuff. Uh, And that was where we're like, hey, you know what, we could, we could do something like this. And now, and again, before we even did games with it, we were building tools for websites Mm. uh, through Facebook, just to kind of look at that kind of dabbling with the API. And I don't know where it sort of happened or what kind of gave us the idea, but we started to build Mouse Hunt. And I think we only built it uh, within a month. It was the February before its launch where we whipped together this, this like really bare bones alpha opened it up to just a hundred friends, just people we knew on Facebook. And we, we basically said, Hey, whoever catches the most mice in this little game we're experimenting with gets a $20 iTunes gift card. Uh, And that was, uh, that's also what probably spawned the idea and the marketing idea behind the leprechaun was you could win money from this game, even though this one was really just like a, um, a contest we ran just to incentivize mm. our friends to spend some time on it, you know. What prompted the move off of Facebook? Because I know it's it's Facebook doesn't do games now anyway. I don't think not to that extent do they. They've taken out the functionality to put games of that level on. So nowadays you'll see these ones where it's so and so has answered a quiz question. Can you answer one? And and you get those kind of things, but you don't really see the full blown integrated games like that. So was that a choice they made and you guys just had to find a solution one day to move it away or had you already got plans to do that so yeah it was a combination of things um for a while there you know when i think one of the big like i can't remember the details uh in the news but there was a big kind of row with uh farmville or zynga yeah that's that's the company Mm. and facebook and and because facebook was sort of wanting to take a cut of sales like iTunes and other platforms do steam, you know, and, and that was, you know, we were kind of in the mix there a little bit, but it, we were so small and kind of off the radar. It didn't really affect us, but I think the shift to mobile gaming was one of the major things that had Facebook change how they were supporting uh, the games platform. And only just recently they've disabled the ability to create new canvas apps as they call them. So you can still do games. You can still tap into the API, but it's only through external sites or um, mobile apps essentially. Now, before all that though, us shifting to a standalone, like, uh, you know, to our website there, and we still have the Facebook side of things because it's easy for players who have been on there this whole time to just continue using it. Uh, we don't plan to to change that. Yeah. But the the move to a standalone site just gave us a little more control over uh, the size of the page for one, the ability to have a little more control over the the platforms or the other sort of uh, gateways we use 
on the site that we were restricted in some ways, just given, you know, technical limitations, really. So it, it was really a, a move for uh, easier development, for one, uh, and so that we can do some more fun stuff with the game, yeah. essentially. Did you ever get in any sort of, I don't know, legalities with the fact you were giving away money and you were taking money for, I know it was classed as donations for the cheese, wasn't it? So you could buy Superbury and then you could use that to hire your attraction rate of mice or you could even, I think there's a marketplace, wasn't there, you could sell it on. I think from what I remember, it was like a full-blown marketplace, wasn't it, with fluctuating prices and people could set what they wanted for it and then if somebody else paid it, there was a little cut, like a tax. Did you ever get in in sort of hot water with, because I don't know where it stands on whether it's gambling or not, because you're you're on a system where you can pay money in to do better and you can win real cash, or does that never come into it? Yeah, no, I hear you there. Um, Well, yeah, you said that you played the first five years or so. Mm. So in terms of the marketplace, yeah, if you haven't checked it out, it's it's quite different now. It's it's enormous. It encompasses the entire game, all the items really in it. The In terms of, the the legal legalities uh, angle yeah we never really had any issues there and i think because it wasn't the core part of the game it was just uh the single mouse which was yeah. established as a very rare mouse and so there wasn't a us a, a a um what's the word a really feasible chance of getting it by just yeah. buying super brie really you would buy super brie and it would it would increase your odds of encountering any mice in the game, which rewarded you in game. And so like any game now yeah. that has, uh, you know, extra currencies or extra kind of um, real world items you can purchase or rather with real world currency and gain an advantage in the game. But the main angle there, or the, the main um, goal that the players have is not to win money. It's not, uh, you know, yeah. a game of chance it's like any other RPG. We never did anything like uh, loot crates, you know, cosmetic yeah, yeah. loot crates like Blizzard did with uh, Overwatch and and now countless others have done. That's never been uh, our angle. You know, if there's a cosmetic item that we do have occasionally for traps, traps get these uh, trap skins, we call them. Hmm. You just buy them. If you like what you see, a couple bucks, but fully optional and there's no, yeah. uh, you know... S- sort of counter-strike knife angle to it where, you know, (laughs) open a thousand crates and maybe you'll get a $200 knife. Uh, Yeah, we've never really wanted to go down that road. No, I think that's the thing about Mouse Hunt. It was always very, very fair. If you wanted to, you could buy Super Brie and it got you... So like like you say, it had higher attraction rates, but I think in the later stage of the game as well, if you were brewing certain cheese, if you used Super Brie instead of regular cheese, you got more pieces, didn't you? So... It, it was of a benefit, but you could do it without spending a single penny if you really wanted to. There was always the option to go through. And then if you wanted to buy some Super Brie, you could do and it would boost whatever things you were doing. And I think it was just because it was a free to play game. I know I donated a few times just because I, I got so much playtime out of it. And the way I looked at it was I'm getting X amount of hours of enjoyment out of this a day. If I bought a £50 right. pound PlayStation game, I wouldn't get this many hours out of it. So in theory, I should be donating 50 quid because I'm getting, do you know what I mean? I'm getting the same amount of for sure enjoyment out of it. Yeah. So that was what pushed me to donate. And it wasn't necessarily the in-game perks. They were just a nicer side. It was more, I wanted to give back to the game that I was getting something out of without paying for. Sure. And yeah, I've done the same for other games I enjoy. I'm like, yeah, I'll, I'll send a, um, 
a 10 or $20 stairway because it's like, I've, uh, I've spent more on a movie ticket, right? I spent more yeah. on a movie ticket and a, bo- and a box of popcorn and then the movie stinks and I can't get my time back. Whereas <laughs> I know I've enjoyed it. And it's like the, the uh, enjoyment per hour now is down to the pennies as a result. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, exactly, and yeah. back in the day too, uh, around that era of those types of games, uh, yeah, there was like free to play and pay to play, pay to win, freemium, like those types of terms. And we've always wanted to make sure that no matter what you do, you can get through the game and complete the content without spending a cent. We always balance it for a player who is, uh, you know, maybe doing 30 to 60 hunts a day and not spending any money. Are they going to pull their hair out or are they going to have an okay time? And we always yeah. try to, to to balance it to that essentially. So when you're buying something, you're really just supporting our ability to make more content for free and you don't get uh, any kind of advantage in terms of speeding up. You don't go any faster through the game. You, you hunt just as slowly as everyone else. Um, and, but like you said, the Super Brie itself uh, as magic essence can be used to yield better results from a recipe. But yeah. there are, are tons of ways to get it for free in the game. Uh, and you, you're you never gated behind. There's no paywalls, essentially. There's nothing that you yeah. have to pay for to get through. Uh, and I think we've we've always had those types of ethical conversations when we're when we're developing something and balancing it we, we know that we, if we did a certain thing we could make a crap ton more money for a certain release but then we won't feel good about ourselves you know so really yeah. it's never been our goal to just do that for the sake of making money it's so that we want players to enjoy the game and stick around and because that has better long-term gains for us and for the players Exactly. I think the reason you've got such a strong community that are playing it after all these years is because you've always been fair with them. That was always the impression I got from it. Like you say, certain mice drop Super Brie. I know they don't drop loads, but they drop enough to give you a little boost, don't they, if if you do want to sort of improve a recipe and that kind of thing. And then, yeah, if you really want to, like, like I did, like a lot of people do, you can chuck a few dollars over and it gets you a little bit more. And then, if you're after a certain trap or something, you can sell that on the marketplace to get the gold that you need or the other items. So it got very intricate towards the end of when I stopped playing it. And it it wasn't because I wanted to. I think it was just I started working and, and the real world got in the way a little bit. And I gradually dropped off and a lot of the people in my group did the same. And we sort of just moved. And every so often I'd check back in on it and, and stuff. I, it sort of left me behind, if that makes sense. And then when I went yeah. back into it, I was like, I don't even know where I am. I think if there'd have been a button to like start from scratch, I'd have been tempted sure. to click it and, and just, you know what I mean, and try and get back into it that way. But I had so many good bits of equipment and stuff that you can't get anymore that, again, I probably wouldn't have done that. Oh, I see what you mean. Yeah, We were talking about it the other day with Pokemon, um, like my Pokemon Blue cartridge. It took me absolutely mm-hmm. years to reset that and play through it again because I was so attached, attached to the, to. the yeah. Pokemon that were on it. Uh, and that was similar with Mouse Hunt. I got like I think I'd got like a Chrome Deathbot. Was that the very first ever first LE that Ronza brought? Yeah. Yeah. And I got one of those. So it's like I don't want to lose that. And and yeah, it was a it was a real sort of I didn't want to move away from the game. I just didn't have time with gaming in general as I've got older mm-hmm. I think is is the same way but I keep up with it and I'm still following the page and I've I see all the updates that come out and it's a little twang of nostalgia every time I see you doing a new event sure. or something and I'm like oh, I wish yeah. I could just dive back into it and, and get back into it but like you were saying about the people pulling the hair out I think you did balance it really well and it was one of those sort of rivalry things with a lot of my friends that were playing it right 
when you did, I think it was the Acolyte Mouse when that first came out, everybody else in my friendship group got one. And I it took me like two weeks longer than everyone else because every time I would get enough supplies, I just wouldn't catch one. And it became this like running joke in our group that I was never, ever going to get one. And the pure relief when I actually did catch one in the end is it's unbelievable, but it's for me, it was the artwork as well in the game. I just wanted to see how all the new mice looked. Yeah. And that's, that's the one thing we've heard a lot from players that the artwork is phenomenal because, because it is like the, and especially the, uh, they've only gotten better. Their, Their craft is so amazing now. Some of the the stuff they've been drawing for the mice, even for the items, it's like they're just satisfying to look at. Uh, and I think that's that's part of what's given us uh, this longevity is, you know, without that, uh, it's basically just dev art. You know what I mean? Like it, it yeah. needs to be something nice to look at. Um, and it's funny you should mention the Acolyte. That was in our minds, uh, or even before the Acolyte, it was the Dragon Mouse. We thought that was endgame. We were like, well, no one's going to really mm. play this game that long. They'll do that and then move on. And we were surprised when people got that far and we're like, okay, what's next? We want more now. Uh, we thought we were kind of, uh, you know, one, one trick uh, horse for, yeah. for that first little while there. But it's, it's some of the players who are still playing today started from way back that very first month, basically yeah. uh, over 15 years ago now. And we often, we still see people coming back to it too, to check out events or I'll see a post on the Reddit, on the subreddit saying, Hey, I'm coming back after a long break. Here's where I was at. What should I do? How do I kind of sync up again? Mm. Uh, And so it's great to see the community is still strong and supportive and and there to kind of help uh, new, new and old players to, to find their way again. No, I think when I first started playing, the lab was the furthest you could go. So I, I assume I was fairly early, half a year in maybe or something like that. I remember just waiting for new areas to come out. When you guys put up a notification that there'd be a new area coming soon, the buzz that was on those message boards with everyone trying to guess what it would be and what mice would be in it and and all that kind of thing. And then you get to see the new artwork and all that. And it was just, yeah, it's such a fond time in my life that I look back on. So and, and like you said about the artwork as well being really good, I love the fact that you never went back and changed the original mice, the white mouse and the brown mouse, and they're like really cartoony, aren't they, compared to, to some of the new ones and how detailed they've gotten. Yeah, for sure. I think like some of them have gone a bit of a, of an upscale there, maybe like a, mm. a better shading, kind of some better lines. The white mouse is one that almost is, yeah, completely untouched. <laughs> um, and so we haven't gone back and done too much of a redraw unless they were like really just too quick you know because at the time we had one single artist jacob who's still with us um and he was contracted at the time he would just go hey we need seven new mice by you know uh, a few weeks from now and depending on his schedule too he might have needed to rush them if he was working other gigs at the time um but now you look at some of them uh near the end game and it's just wild to see the differences uh like one of my favorites here is uh the sultry saxophonist. I don't know if you've seen recently, uh, but he embodies, uh, I don't know if you know, what was his name? Uh, Sergio, Sergio Flores, who would go around playing um, the saxophone, playing that song, uh, uh, careless whisper by George. uh, George Oh yeah. yeah. And so that's what that's sort of uh, uh, an homage (laughs) to is that um, individual on YouTube. So we've had a lot of fun too, through the artwork and, uh, just making, you know, basically meme references uh, over the last 15 years of the internet. Yeah, little little nods to the real world there in there. Yeah. So you, you did do a few other games. I don't know if, if um, 
we've got time to talk about them because I remember moving on to a couple of other ones you guys did that were more like card games. Um, but I know that yep, they yep. just didn't didn't go the same way as Mouse Hunt, did they? For whatever reason, was it just that it was that people just didn't move away from Mouse Hunt, or do you think there was other reasons that it just didn't take off for those ones? And and to be fair to to sort of the way you did it, I think it was very fair that you gave it a go and went. There's no point us pushing more time into this when we could be focusing on the one that that people are more engaged in. Um, but yeah, I do remember. I do remember enjoying them, but I I didn't get into them as much as Mouse Hunt. I know that much. Yeah, yeah. So there one. The first one there was was Miss Mythmonger. It was called, uh, one, and it yeah. was sort of that CCG, like the card collecting game. Mm. Um, I think I think one of the differences there we had a decent audience too, but one of the key differences was it had a different voice than Mouse Hunt. So it wasn't as whimsical and just quirky. It was yeah. a little more like cool and edgy uh so our our audience uh the mouse audience rather was n- not uh as interested in it you know uh, only a portion yeah, yeah. kind of moved over and then we had a difficult time sort of capturing a new audience but another major issue was uh some of the design behind it the balancing was was uh detrimental to it you know essentially you come up against a card that's uh, much stronger than you. And after a few attempts, you get it. And now you own that card, like a- as it is, as opposed to one that would like diminished sats. And so yeah. now every single area after that, the power inflation just had to keep growing and growing. And it was just very difficult to, to balance in the long term. So we changed that at one point into Levin light. We did, it was almost like a weekend overnight rewrite. Um, yeah. Then we hardly slept and made it more like RPG where the cards you had were equipment and the enemies you were defeating weren't being added to your card yeah. uh, you know, inventory. But I think it was just a lot of iterations and rewrites and balance changes where it was uh, hard to really find uh, vision on it there specifically. Yeah. And then over the years, we, we've tried several other games. You know, f- There was uh, Fish Hunt and then there was Murder Mystery uh, Magic Pets uh, 1 and 2. In fact, there was a, a bit of a reboot there at one point. Uh, but I think, like you said too, like bringing the focus back to Mouse Sun, uh, uh, there's a analogy there that it's like a um, a farm field, you know, and there's a bunch of crops and they're ready to be, and like you know, Farmville, there you go. Uh, they're <laughs> ready to be harvested and we're spending time sowing a new field as opposed to just let's let's finish harvesting what we have here. There's still so much there's still yeah. all this, uh, you know, this bounty to really um, to reap here. And there's no reason to spread ourselves thin and try to produce a bunch of other products when there's so much more still to do. Uh, and even to this day, uh, there's still so much we are planning to do with Mouse Hunt. Yeah, no, it makes perfect sense. And it's like you say, you go off and try something else. And if if Mythmonger and Levin Light had a took off, brilliant. You'd have had these two really good popular games. But the fact that you tried it, it didn't work fair enough. Go back to what is doing well and focus on that. And like you say, it's got the mouse something. There's so much scope with it. You can turn pretty much anything into a mouse if if you try hard enough. So you've, you yeah. can just keep going with it forever, can't you? And, and as long as you keep it engaging and change the mechanics up, which again was one of the things I loved about it. Every time you went to a new area, there was something new to consider. So like there was the area that was based on chess. I remember that one and, and you had to work things differently. Mm-hmm. Then there was the tribal isles where you had to 
get the three different types of cheese and it was sort of like a you were farming resources weren't you to keep going higher and higher and higher to eventually get the was it the dragon at the end of that the dragon was the end game there yeah, yeah. um and it was like seeds you were planting seeds to harvest peppers yeah. and then combining the peppers to make this like havarti cheese of different spices mm. and flavors uh i think yeah that's where we've had more room more kind of artistic freedom uh because like you said, you take any creature or mythical being or figure of history and you can just turn it into a mouse. Whereas with Mythmonger as an example, uh, you were kind of limited to just existing fantasy characters. This, you know, whereas turning them all into mice gives us our own little uh, edge in a sense. Yeah. Um, but then also like taking real world um, ideas like the chess, you know, a game of chess against the mice who are all dressed as different uh, chess pieces and, and so on. That that makes, to me at least, you know, and then obviously to a bunch of other players, it's more interesting than, than yeah. sort of bog standard uh, fantasy. Uh, and that's where the people who are still on the team that haven't left for, for 10 plus years, uh, it's it's never gotten boring to them either to work on it. Yeah, exactly. And, and same for the players, I think. Like I say, I didn't stop playing because I got bored of it. I stopped playing just because I couldn't dedicate the time it needed uh, or I felt I needed to give it, you know what I mean? So it was uh, that was my only reason for stopping playing because there was still two or three areas I'd not even got to when I stopped playing, but I just couldn't. It was it was sort of like, yeah, I couldn't balance it with my life. But talking to you today for the last half an hour is, is seriously making me want to get back onto it. So it might be hey, that I should. dive back in and, and see what I've got. <laughs> And see where I can I go don't know with if, it. Because if you stop before we release the adventure book, does that ring a bell at all? I think when I stopped playing, it was the bit with the train. Was there a okay. bit with like a train, and you had to gather resources on there? And yeah, that's that... sort of to this day and age, that's sort of like dead content now. In a sense, it's okay. it's just, uh, and so we we veered away from that a bit. But the I think the adventure book came out after that, and what it is is essentially like a quest log or a journal. And oh, okay. it tells you step by step, basically what to do, not not how to do it specifically, but it's like, hey, you need to go here, you need to collect this item, you need to catch this mouse, you need to craft this cheese. And when you're in the area, the HUD or other elements kind of teach you how to do that, or you experiment with it. But the the adventure book acts as a sort of overarching guide to yeah. pushing you through to the end game, and the rewards are. Uh, set up in a way where it helps you level up in terms of your hunter rank, your title, so that mm. you can unlock and gain access to all the next, like the next areas in a row, in a sense. And there's a few branching paths, but effectively yeah. it gets you to the end game uh, a lot sooner now. So someone could start today, play pretty uh, actively, let's say 80 hunts a day, you know, more active than than mm. on average, uh, and get to end game content within a year or so. Uh, okay, yeah, that's a lot. Yeah, yeah that's so, a lot quicker than. Because I think I got up to, it was either the bit with the train or the bit just before it where you were, was it something to do with seeds or like, it was another area where you were growing things, I think. And I just, I couldn't seem to get enough of the resource to do what I needed to do. And I think that's when I stopped. But yeah, it's, I'm probably talking rubbish because it's been that long since I, but I definitely remember the train was a thing just as I stopped playing, I think that released. So I was around that area, but yeah, I might dive back into it and have a look because it, it was a huge part of my life back then, and it is something that I do miss. Just just for seeing the artwork and stuff, even that, I miss that angle of it, and and the sort of clicking that button and seeing what happens next. I'm 
Eddie, yeah, back yeah. Me, Eddie will back me up on this. I'm a massive collector, so I always need to have everything when I start. We've we recently he's been a Pokemon card collector for years, and I've yep. always avoided it because I knew it would bankrupt me. It would just yeah, exactly. And then about a month ago, I bought a couple of packs, and now I'm like obsessed. Uh, <laughs> and there's a Pokemon cafe in in the town near us. And I've just started doing driving lessons and I get dropped off next to this cafe pretty much. And they sell all the packs. So every week it's so far dangerous. I've gone in and spent about 50 quid on packs. They, oh, jeez. A bunch of boosters. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, booster packs. And then the guy has graded cards in mystery bags. And I'm a sucker for a mystery bag as well. So Well, so that's that's also, yeah, like the, the Pokemon uh, nailed it, you know, get Game Freak with with the booster packs. I mean, for years now, even before that, where you open it up and there might be a shiny in there, right? It's that idea yeah. of what could it be? It's, it's a game of chance in a sense. And so, and mouse hunt has obviously capitalized on that too. When you come back and you see what did I catch in the last 50 hunts? Some of them can be like a boss or a mouse with a lot of loot or really expensive yeah, yeah. Uh, piece of equipment. And that's where some of that, like the mystery of like not knowing what you might get uh, excites and keeps players coming back. Exactly, and I think you you didn't have paid mystery boxes, but from what I remember, no. the acolyte drops a box, doesn't he? And it was the always Acoly- a mystery yeah, so as to was... what was going to be in that. Yeah, so that was well, one that of was... the big things for me. Yeah, they had the dragon chest. Uh, mm. The acolyte would drop the dragon chest, but you couldn't do anything with it at first because we literally didn't know what to do. It was like, wait, well, we didn't think <laughs> anyone would get this far. So now we have this thing and we need to, now we've built up this hype. It's like Half-Life 3 where nothing's going to you know, <laughs> be good enough to satisfy, satisfy the players because of how long we took to to uh, unveil the mystery, essentially. <laughs> uh, but, you know, it worked out. They they moved on, and uh, now there's more stuff to do anyway. I'll definitely jump back into it, I think. If you can uh, drop a couple of Chrome traps into my account, if you can find it, that would be very helpful. <laughs> I don't know about that, but... Uh... <laughs> it's been great to talk to you about it, because, uh, yeah, we've we've been talking for a while now about the game, and it's it's really good to, to get a little bit more insight into how it came about and how you guys started on Facebook and moved away and stuff. So yeah, and, and like you said, big plans for the future with it by the sounds of it. It's not going anywhere anytime soon. So if anyone wants to check it out, I think uh, I'll let you give the details of the website just so I don't mess it up because for about four four episodes of the show, I was giving our Patreon page out wrong. So I'm staying, <laughs> oh, away, no. from, staying away from website <laughs> URLs oh, for a oh, while. Geez. Uh, well, sure, yeah. So for for those listening who are interested, uh, it's mousehuntgame all one word dot com, or uh, just search mouse hunt on either the Android or Apple Store uh, on your phones, and, and you'll find it. It's it's got a picture of a big old mouse on it, um, <laughs> and yeah, we'd love to always you know new players, and there's also a pretty big Discord community too uh, that's run by the players, but we have some uh, some input there as well. If you're into that, uh, and that's just, I think, uh, Mouse Hunt Community, uh, if you can uh, search that up on Discord. Um, oh, but yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's been a wild ride, and, I, and I'm and i honestly, like like I said, you know, we have a lot of plans for it still. It's not going anywhere, and at this point, I'm uh, I'm a lifer, you know, like I want to uh, retire <laughs> and still be working on Mouse Hunt. If that's possible, that's a, that's a dream come true. It's been great to talk to you about it, and, and I hope it continues to do well which i'm sure it will do because you've got like you said that community that's not going anywhere and um if any of our listeners want to join in i I, it will consume your life for a while i can guarantee you that (laughs) you'll be planning everything around can i make can i make my dinner in the next 15 minutes because i've got to get back to my phone it's easier now than it used to be when i started because i had to go back to a laptop every time right so now at least it's in the palm of your hand you can click it whenever you want 
or you've got a widget there to just sound the horn from your lock screen even. And yeah, for sure. I, oh. I hunt a lot more because of that myself. There you go. So it's even easier to get involved now. Can you still catch leprechauns? Because I might go back and, and try and get one. Yeah, yeah, they're still around. Uh, I think the cash element's gone, but they drop a mystery pot of gold. And so you can get quite a bit of gold or super brie if you're lucky enough. And I think I, I think I only just recently myself caught my first one. It took me... <laughs> Uh, I don't know, like 15 years, obviously, uh, <laughs> since we released the game. And I have a single one now, and I, I've missed it five times. So it came to my trap <laughs> six times in total, and only one of those uh, did it uh, stick around. I think I missed it once, and I only ever saw one. And I think I caught one mobster and missed one mobster. That was the other, because mm. that was that was yeah. an in-game prize mouse, wasn't it? So he had a lot more those stuff Those are rare... Him. Yeah, we call them prize mice and they drop uh, quite a bit of either King's credits or kind of like uh, a big water loop, but you can only ever catch them once a day or once a week or once a month, depending on how uh, rare they are, essentially. So yeah, if, you, if you're if you into that kind of game and like the, the yeah. RPG element of it is there, go and check out Mouse Hunt. I guarantee it, it's worth playing through just to see the artwork, never mind anything else, and all the cool little quirky traps. And, and some of them are quite bizarre aren't they and in terms of you look at them and like how could that be a mousetrap but it does work it makes sense yeah there's certainly a lot of uh fantasy and sort of like imagination behind them was it the like a hobby horse i seem to recall was one trap uh, yeah so at, at the because <laughs> we we also i mean for years we did uh, we still do it once a week on fridays we do a feedback friday where uh, either one of the artists or Dave uh, is talking to the audience, answering questions, revealing upcoming content. And way back in the day when it was like at the office and there'd be like five or six of us standing around the webcam streaming uh, this little feedback uh, show, one of the coworkers had this hobby horse and the <laughs> players became obsessed with the hip grab hobby horse. So we eventually baked it into uh, one of the traps and I don't know how it works. I guess it bonks the mouse on the head or, or something, right? But it is quite magical. <laughs> yeah, that's the one that always stuck out in my head. And like the death bots and stuff look so cool. And they were they were always like, again, it's the artwork for me. I'm I'm drawn in by nice artwork. And Mouse Hunt has got some mm-hmm. tremendous artwork. So yeah, if if you listen to this and and it's piqued your interest, go and check it out. I think you can sign up using Facebook and and Google and all those kind of things, can't you? So you don't even have to go through a form to fill in in these days literally just click uh, yeah i mean yeah the mobile side is you just tap a button you start playing you don't even have to do any signups uh and you can then set that up later and yeah. save your progress essentially brilliant thanks for thanks for coming on and talking to us about it because it is absolutely for, for me anyway it's been incredibly interesting because it's something i grew up with and i'm hoping our listeners enjoyed it as well because it's a little bit different to what we normally do it fascinates me and i'm hoping that other people will be fascinated by what goes into creating one of these games and and how it comes to be and like you said it started off so so small and with 100 people and now look at it 15 years later and there's a huge community and everything so fingers crossed a few of our listeners go and check it out and get as addicted as i did to it and i think this this last 40 minutes has tempted me into to playing again so i'll probably get back on it tonight as well I just want to say thank you to our patrons as well. Uh, so this this episode will be a Patreon exclusive for about a month, and then we will release it on our usual channel. So if you're listening to this before it's on Spotify, etc., thank you for for donating. I'll give the usual shout out. So thank you to Lee in the couple of coins tier. We've got the Sweaty Llama and Dino Dini in the Bucket Kickers tier, and Atropos in the Avatarnish tier. So with that all said, I know it's 
Eddie's been quite quiet on this one because he's not got the experience I have of it. But he, I can I can assure you he is still there, although we can't see him on his camera. Still here. broken again. <laughs> but yeah, hopefully, Eddie, you've found it interesting as I have, and and hopefully our listeners will do as well. Yep, definitely have. It's been it's been lovely to meet you, um, uh, and I genuinely do hope that you continue with every success in the world because it is nice to see independent games designers succeeding without having to cave to <laughs> the experience and the pressure of big game developers. So yeah, I genuinely sure. wish you yeah. all the luck in the world. Well, that's, that's very lovely of you to say, and, and it was great to meet and speak with both of you today. Thanks for having me. Brilliant. And uh, that's goodbye from me. And it's goodbye from me. And goodbye from me.